It's been estimated that over 660 million people, one in 10, lack access to safe drinking water, leading to a host of illnesses and killing more than 500,000 children a year. But what if I told you that one paper filter can eradicate most of those challenges and bring clean, uncontaminated water to those who need it most? Welcome to In the Business of Change, where we speak with social entrepreneurs and other change makers impacting their communities and the world. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum, publisher and editor-in-chief of Sea Change Magazine. On today's episode, we speak with former academics Terry Dankovich and Jonathan Levine, co-founders of Folio Water, producers of a revolutionary new technology, silver-infused filter papers that provide safe and affordable drinking water. Self-proclaimed accidental entrepreneurs, this duo is changing the way we tackle the global water crisis. Well, so the company started about a year ago, but in reality, the project started almost a decade ago. I was, oh. Yeah, I was a PhD student at McGill University. In, in Canada! Yay! <laughs> I saw that actually in your bio. I was so excited. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and I was, uh, I was in the chemistry department, and my project was working on making antimicrobial paper for a water filter, which is, right. you know, what I continued working on after I graduated. I graduated a few years ago now. Right. Um, and so I did basically at McGill a lot of lab experiments and what we call proof of concept experiments showing that it can work in laboratory settings to kill bacteria. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was like, well, that's cool, but you know, how does it work in the real world? <laughs> and, um, I went to the University of Virginia um, at the Center for Global Health and did a postdoc there which hooked me up with a research site in uh, South Africa where I tested the papers in a real world setting, which was just basically gathering stream water that people would drink from without any treatment or whatnot. And right. there was lots of bacteria in that water. <laughs> and I basically okay. showed that, oh, look, it works with real water too. And oh. um, that was uh, what led to um, me becoming interested in just pursuing this like more and more as a business instead of just an academic research project. Um, so um, I would say around that time, Jonathan started uh, working on this in his nights and weekends. And um, do you want to? You should tell him how we, how we met. Oh, yeah. So how we, did you meet? It was in Canada. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> At the Montreal Jazz Fest, actually. At the what? The Montreal Jazz Fest. Jazz Fest. One of my favorite places ever to be. I can't believe it. That's amazing. That's so funny. Yes, that's a whole other story, I'm sure, but I like it. Yes. And so it's been a year since you've been a for-profit and a full-fledged sort of business. Can we say it that way? I know that it's been, it was going on for a long time before then, but would, we, would you sort of sum it up then since you incorporated it as a business a year ago? That's right. Okay. Okay, so um, what what challenges were you trying to address? So what what inspired this whole thing? I mean, you mentioned what inspired it originally as an academic sort of approach to it. Um, what when you saw the challenges that needed to be addressed, um, how did that sort of give you the understanding, the 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 sense that this is something that a business can address most effectively? Like, where did that come from? I mean, it, you know, how how did that come about? 
um, do you want to answer this one? Well, when, when all the media stuff was going on, we finally got to the point where we said, okay, we better get, uh, start asking for advice and getting a lawyer involved and things of that nature. Right. Uh, we're looking into echoing green and a lot of the work around social enterprise and, um, our lawyer in particular pointed us and said, pointed us in the direction and said, look, a lot of what you're doing is not nonprofit work. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what you're doing really isn't structured in a way that, that that's viable. It's really structured in a way that you need to be a for-profit, something called a benefit corporation. Right. And we didn't know what those were at the time. <laughs> I got to read a lot of forms. I got to read a lot of legal documents. <laughs> and the shot is we're like, oh, that's that's us. We're, we're a benefit corporation. Yeah. Uh, we had always thought water, poor people, Africa, Latin America, South Asia, that's nonprofit. Up. Uh, it turns out when you go to patent things and need a supply chain and need to go do distribution internationally and this and that, the other, a lot of, a lot of legal things, a lot of other things are really set up in a much better way to do that as a for-profit. Right. Um, and so we're a B Corp. (laughs) Got it. I like that. Okay. And so let's go back for a second in terms of the product itself as it stands now. So how would you, if I said to you, what exactly is this product? How does it work? Why is it revolutionary? All those things. I, I, I'd love to, I mean, I was looking at your website. It sounds awesome. I mean, there's something really so fascinating about the approach that you've adopted. Um, and I, I would just like to, everyone to hear more about it. Well, the, the first product is the filter paper itself. Um, right. And we sell it in a format that we call the Safe Water Book, which is essentially a pack of 26 filters and it's meant to last for a year. So you would change the filter every couple weeks. Right. Um, and it uh, has instructions on the packaging of how to use it with our filter holder, which we call the Keystone Funnel. Um, Keystone being in reference to the state of Pennsylvania, the Keystone <laughs> State. <laughs> and it also Keystone in between the two water bottles um, where uh, like we have some pictures of um, some people in South Africa and Honduras that we worked with last year yeah. for customer engagement to learn how to improve the product and whether they wanted to use it to begin with. <laughs> um, but at any rate, the uh, the funnel is like a coffee filter design that you can screw onto soda bottles and you have one soda bottle on top and one inverted. Well, you'd have water in the bottles, but right. Honestly, <laughs> um, <laughs> It lets it be a hand-free um, uh, unit, so you don't have to keep on pouring water through the the filter, um, which is a bit tedious. <laughs> um, so, so it's a whole system. It's not just the paper. It's a way to use the paper, and uh, it, it's a, it, then we end up looking at the bigger picture of safe water is what we really end up um, selling. The, right. the real part that's different is that other water filters are sold as house as um, kitchen appliances. Right. And this one? So sold as a consumer good. Got it. So is the difference between selling selling refrigerators that you go to to a specialty store, you go to a hardware store, you go to a kitchen appliances store, and you get yourself a warranty and you spend the next couple of years paying it off. Mm-hmm. How water filters are typically sold. Right. And popping over to the grocery store or to a pharmacy and buying something for basically the cash in your pocket. Where we're gonna our, our paper is sold for a few pennies uh, at a retail level, something on the order of thirty cents, fifty cents, depending on the size and so forth. But the idea is that the money in somebody's pocket is what's gonna be used to buy it, and that's it. It's mm-hmm. just 
coffee funnel filter paper where where this this coffee filter is producing safe water and how is it doing that <laughs> how is it doing that i saw i was watching the videos on your website on how people are using it it's it to me it's it's like miraculous practically so the paper contains a biocide called silver okay nano Silver is highly toxic to bacteria and viruses, and it shows basically 100% removal of those organisms. Um, and that's basically just by the like bacteria absorbing some silver ions, and then they die pretty quickly. Um, the other aspect that we have is we control the um, porosity of the paper so it can trap dirt and larger microorganisms um, by just physical strain in. So there's kind of two functions going on there. Um, at this point, we haven't tailored it to remove heavy metals or other um, chemical contaminants. That is kind of future ongoing okay. research that we'll hopefully get to later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. Majority of the world has the problem of um, germs, of bugs in their water. Right. It's it's, it's really only when you get to a certain wealth point that you typically have the problem of, of industrialization pollution. Got it. So to have industrial pollution, you're usually in an industrial society and you're a bit wealthier. Most people have the problem of either rural or urban rural areas or urban slums where it's really a, a biology problem. And so if you want to solve water, you start with the biggest problem, which is what do you do about the bugs in the water? Mm. So silver is a biocide. It's a wet side? known biocide it kills things kills okay. bacteria and virus. Okay. yes right. i'm uh, learning new termino terminology right now yes go ahead <laughs> it kills the bugs in the water kills the bugs in the water got it yes yeah. right so so we get germ-free water by using silver and we didn't invent that what we've invented is having that in the form of a paper uh, and having that super cheap and having that yeah. as a consumer good the the main material we're selling is paper so Everyone knows how cheap paper is. <laughs> so, um, where where can where's the product being sold today? So, um, assuming you just mentioned, you know, there's there's specific parts of the world that um, are more in need of this particular product. Where, where product? So, where are you um, selling it? Where do you hope to sell it? Where what's the status today? So you can go to our website, foliawater.com. Yeah. Uh, you can buy it from our website and have it sent internationally the the first market is really humanitarian use for ngos right so various uh service groups uh, engineers without borders rotary we work with them uh various church groups take our stuff take our papers put them in their luggage and they can take them internationally or we can deliver it straight to wherever their field site might be got it uh, so we have various people who've taken our paper all around the world to several dozen countries and are using it and they get back to us and they say, you know, it's working pretty well. In the long term, we want to be actually selling in all the local grocery stores and tiendas and whatever a shop looks like in any given country in the developing world. Okay. So we're also interested in that sort of retail distributor model because that's sort of a longer term sustainable model where people are just buying it without realizing that it's anything special, that it's sort of next to the soap and the this and the that, and it's just right there on the shelf. Right. Did you have a period when you were sort of beta testing it, testing it out in different places? Um, and if so, what was the response to that? Have you tried any of that, or have people? Did you, yep. you know, trial period of any kind? How did how did it sort of move forward? 
Oh yeah. So, so Terry's done customer engagement and field trials in about half a dozen, dozen countries. With oh, various okay. Partners. Okay. Yeah. And, and half a dozen countries in the developing world. So just uh, random countries that you chose. Uh, you... No, it's usually through connections that we have made. Yeah. Um, like, uh, for example, uh, I was working with a nonprofit water is life for the drinkable book. And yep. we went to Ghana together and tested some samples there and talked to people about the paper. That was, that was a couple of years ago now. Um, okay. in, well, a while ago, even more well, than they, that. <laughs> well, they, Time flies. Uh, yes. Yeah. They, they did some nice work taking it. They took it to Kenya and Haiti yeah. and a couple other places and tried it out. Okay. Uh, Terry had gone to Bangladesh with international development enterprises. Yeah. South Africa was with the university and then we went with Rotary. Um, this last year in Honduras, we work with a local Pittsburgh area nonprofit that's called a, Shoulders to Shoulders Pittsburgh, and which just, is based in medical school here. Yeah. How do you help finance this product? Can I ask you that? I know it's your might be a private company. Curious if you have partners, collaborators, and you do a lot of. Do you take out a lot of loans? Like, I mean, just generally speaking, how did you go about, um, or is it just partnerships that have been a big part of your uh, support system? Like like any seed like any seed phase company to get a product to market, we've taken an investment. Right. Right. It's sort of by definition impossible to have enough revenue to cover costs Agreed. until you have it's completed and so forth. Yeah. So you know, like like any other company, social enterprise B corps fall, fall under C corp laws, yeah. take investment and so forth. We actually just got off the phone with an with an investor. We also have received uh, award money, which you can apply for off quite often. There's a lot of different award opportunities out there for social enterprises. Um, and I definitely encourage any like people that are just starting to get their ideas together for social enterprise to really consider applying for a lot of awards because you might never know what you end up with. So which that's did also you, did you, Can you say which um, one you won? Um, so the, the biggest at least money-wise one was the design intelligence award It's actually a Chinese prize. Oh. Um, and that was a uh, kind of a whirlwind of a weekend in Hangzhou, China last year where I, it was a competition on stage. And yes, I was, somebody was translating what since we're in my headset. Um, <laughs> so that, that's, that was rather intense, but like there's a lot of, there's a lot of different competitions out there. I mean, yeah. Where we look at grants and other opportunities there, there's so many out there yeah, yeah. i mean the other observation when, when we first started we weren't sure how to think about um if how, how, what the perception would be right and the very clear answer from investors is everybody likes non-dilutive capital so it's basically looks like a like a sale with zero cost right so if you're getting in a grant it basically looks like you got a whole pile of money and you had no real cost associated with it other than the some hours that you had to spend writing it up, which is always going to be sort of, it's very likely to be a whole lot less than getting the same amount of money from an investor. Right. Um, and usually if you're doing it right, you're applying for grant money to do the exact set of activities you were going to do anyway. True. Uh, various grants that will cover go to market. There's various grants that will cover product development. So it's free non-dilutive capital. And the amount of time involved is not particularly excessive, assuming you, you sort of have the talent to be able to write these things, but, can always be hired out very reasonably. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we certainly have applied for those because you'd be you'd be silly not to basically. Mm -hmm. uh, in in response to right because we're doing 
international development kind of work. There's always those things. There's also small business money and things like that. Uh, you had asked about NGO partners. Yeah. Uh, Shoulders to Shoulders Pittsburgh has yeah. been a, a great partner. Rotary International, uh, in particular Rotary in South Africa and Rotary here in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. um, Water is Life had been a partner. International Development Enterprises in Bangladesh. Yeah. Um, we've got a partner in uh, in India, who actually won a big award there. Nice. Uh, yeah, just last fall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we work with the World Toilet Organization and base of the Pyramid Hub in Singapore, where they're really trying to bring social enterprise to solve, uh, think of sort of the Millennium Development kinds of problems. So they, they have a, a, a company called 45 Rice, mm -hmm. which is sort of play on the word on fortified rice. Oh, I like it. Where they, they <laughs> one, one grain of rice out of you know every hundred or whatever has some sort of vitamin nutrient in it. And with that, they're able to do all sorts of different types of rice. And so they're able to blend it into other people's rice. And so they're able to get nutrients to people um, who come from marginalized communities. And you, know, you need very cheap amounts of things where for a couple of pennies, they have stuff. So there's a guy named Jack Sim who's just doing remarkable work with all these different companies. Um, we work with him and Arundam Som, who's in India, uh, and they just wonderful work. Yeah. Nice. So there's a lot of people all over. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, and I'm sure more and more people are probably showing interest every day. It seems You're, you guys are riding a certain wave. It seems a certain momentum right now. Am I right? Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about? I mean, that's all the good stuff. Uh, what are your challenges? Not that it's bad stuff, but everyone has challenges, you know, especially at the beginning. Um, wondering what is your the biggest challenges in the way of you achieving uh, your mission? And what, first, what is your mission? <laughs> Let's get to that first. What is your ultimate mission, your vision? Um, and and uh, what is in the way at this point of getting there? Or is there anything in the way? So there are four billion people in the base of the pyramid who make yes. less than dollars a day in income. Um, 1.8 billion of them drink thickly contaminated water, uh, meaning they drink dirty, unsafe water. Um, another 2.2 billion are paying something. They're, they're, they're getting safe water, but they're typically overpaying. It's mm -hmm. very well known for pay something like 10 to 1,000 times what wealthier people pay for safe water. Wow. So right now, there is, there, there, are, there are not particularly great sets of products uh, to address that market. And so where we come in is we, we're trying to bring technology from rich countries and get it at a price point and get it in a form factor where we can put a real dent in those numbers. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like 10 million people. That looks like a hundred million to a billion people using our product. And so the goal is, the goal is, is part of a broader effort, which is universal access to safe water. Right. And that obviously won't just be us, right? It's all the partners who are doing all of this with us or separately, right? It's, it's a big United Nations Millennium Development goal. But the, the vision is how do we do our part to contribute towards universal access to safe water. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's a big goal, um, and <laughs> no, it is. But it's it's a, it's a compelling one, and, and it's a w highly valuable and worthy one. So, um, what what are your challenges right now? I mean, is is competition out there? It seems like you guys are doing something very similar, different than I've seen. Um, but I don't know. Is it is it uh, getting it out to market? Is it um, I don't know. You tell me. What what are any challenges right now that are sort of front and center? It's really it's really time. It's really the time. never enough hours in the day. And, <laughs> and I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Things from here to another country always takes a lot of time. There's a lot of feedback and so forth. So 
there's never enough resources to go around, but that's pretty typical for a startup. Yes. So it's, yeah. it's always not enough resources, not enough time, not enough capital, not enough money, not enough this, that, and the other. Yeah. 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 I can see that. Um, we, yeah, we, we certainly didn't get into this cause we wanted to start a business We're we're accidental entrepreneurs. I like that. There's there's a lot of vogue around entrepreneurship. If you really want to know what entrepreneurship is like, just get rid of all your free time. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know weekends? What you are weekends? Right. We don't do those. You know nights? We don't do yeah. that. One of our one of our entrepreneur friends here was just like, I don't even know why days have different names. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's like I don't know why they call it Saturday and Sunday. Like, there's no difference. <laughs> I don't know. They should just get. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Um, and so, I, I, you mentioned your your vision, your 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 mission. What you you know? Do you have a five year plan, a ten year plan, a two year plan? Do you have anything like that uh, that you'd like to share in terms of where you want to see the company grow? Um, your your hope for it. Um, well, we're yeah. always looking for, for more NGO customers in an immediate sense because mm -hmm. that's very achievable now. It's, it's easy enough to stick things in the mail. We can get it wherever, and then people can be using our product and, and moving it forward and getting that product usage right. uh, and that usage history. There's various larger larger organizations who, for sort of their internal rules, are not going to be allowed to use things until other people have used it. And they, they need to be able to say, well – you know that that nice that church group over there, that service group over there. Those guys have been using it for six months. Looks good. Now we can try to start to use it at a larger scale. Right. So there's always an issue where you can't magically jump to a million people next month. You have to go through. You know, people say is you 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 have to learn to be toddling before you can walk, before you can you know you have to crawl, walk, and then run. Right. It'd be nice to get a million people tomorrow, but that's just not how it works. You sort of have to build up the product usage history. So where we'd like to be in 10 years is in 100 countries where distributors in each country are handling what the localization looks like in each country mm -hmm. because there's a lot of cultural differences. There's going to be price points, supply chain. How do you get it to the local grocery store uh, and so forth? How do you get it from the grocery store, the tienda, down to the, the person who's actually doing the final sale? Somebody in each of these countries is going to have to be the expert at that. Obviously, that's not going to be us. Right. So there's a lot of international partnership that's required in doing these kinds of things. Uh, but along the way, you sort of have to think, well, there's going to be reasonable checkpoints along the way from a couple distributors to a lot of distributors to, to ever larger scale. Mm -hmm. So we're looking for retail distributors who are well aligned, who would be interested in, in having a, a water filter as a consumer good product, where it's sort of on the shelf in any of these countries. Um, and it's out there at a price of, of, sort of under a dollar, sort of some, some tens of cents, depending on the market uh -huh. per filter. Per filter or per, or is that the book? Which one is the diff? What's the price per, of the per filter where, per where filter. most likely pe people are going to want to buy individual filters okay. if you're trying to retail scale, okay. whereas geos, we sell the book because then they can sort of leave it behind as a six month supply uh. or buy of safe water for an entire family. Okay. That's the distinction between the products. Okay. I was just trying to understand that. Okay. Okay. Um, sounds great. Anything else that you wanted to say about your your wonderful ride and entrepreneurship as accidental entrepreneurs and 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 this this incredible technology and this product? Anything else you'd like to t say about it? 
Um, well, I would like to say that even though Jonathan named us uh, or called us accidental entrepreneurs, that we actually really like being entrepreneurs. <laughs> Despite not, not like, having a weekend, yes. Well, it's it's very motivating to be working on like a project that you believe in and that you are seeing it move forward. Mm-hmm. It's way better than me in academic. <laughs> we, we both, between, between the two of us, we have 24 publications. Wow. Uh, we've we've worked at universities and at national laboratories, and we were we're we're much happier doing this because we actually get to take the research and make it into a real thing. Mm-hmm. And at the day, if we're successful in making Terry's PhD research into a real thing, and I did physical flow, so it's sort of the combination of our two PhD projects. Yeah. If we can make this into a real thing, the net result is that people have better lives. Right. And, and it's a very tangible way where we know why we're doing what we're doing, and it's very clear. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we, we're certainly very glad to have left our past lives and, and moved on to this new, this new field where you get, you get complete agency. And the reason why you work all the hours is because it makes a difference why you worked all the hours <laughs> because there's outcomes. Do you know how many people have so far, do you have a tally of, I guess, uh, estimated number of people who have been impacted so far? We have, um, so it sold around 2000 books at this point. Um, okay. They've been distributed throughout, well, not throughout, in various countries in like Central America, parts of Africa, mm-hmm. and in, well, a lot of them in China, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like Asia, but especially China. Um, and so we estimate, even though we don't have specific like headcount for each um, uh, each book distributed, but we estimate if it's a family use, it's probably around 5,000 people at this point, okay. which is not bad to no. the fact that we sales only a couple of months back no it's amazing it's amazing keep my eyes on you i know that this is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger so it's very very exciting thank you so so much thank you for listening to in the business of change be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear other conversations with inspired social entrepreneurs and change makers working on challenges in their communities and across the globe i'm your host elisa birnbaum Thank you.